Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Shay and Joshua. After years of hearing others' experience, Shay expected her journey to be similar to theirs, horrible and stressful, but they both were determined to enjoy their own journey. While they planned for a water home birth, they did have to shift to a hospital birth. And even with that change, Shay still describes it as a peaceful surprise. Hello, Shay. Hello, Joshua. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. All right. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourselves and your family? So I'm actually a food and lifestyle blogger. I'm also a graphic designer. And so my husband and I, we own several businesses. So uh, he's actually a software developer. And um, yeah, we met on Match.com. Been, let's see, we got married back in 2016. So this year makes it five years we've been married. And we, yeah, we just became first time parents. Um, but we met on Match. And um, yeah, so here we are, first time parents just going through the journey. Okay, perfect. Um, well, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? Um, my pregnancy was not what I expected to be honest with you. Um, I thought it was going to be all just this horrible experience that I would go through so much, but honestly, it was probably the easiest thing I've ever been through. Um, yeah, uh, very, very low stress for the most part. Um, and overall, I basically, we started our journey back in 2019 BC, <laughs> so before COVID. Um, and this was right before my husband's vasectomy reversal. So he had his vasectomy reversed. And I know there's a lot of people out there who do go have probably been through a similar situation as us. Um, we didn't exactly have a difficult journey. Um, thankfully we were able to get pregnant naturally 10 months after his surgery. So, um, once we became pregnant, like, you know, it was just kind of uh, game time and I've never wanted to really share my entire birth experience via social media, even though I am a food and lifestyle blogger, because I share so much already. I really wanted to take a moment to have just that peace of mind and enjoy my pregnancy privately, because there's so many people I know who I know personally who have just bit, had a really hard road. Um, everything from miscarriages to just the worst of the worst. And um, honestly, like I said, I just wanted to have a, a peaceful journey and I got just what I wanted. I truly did. And I'm very surprised that I was able to just carry my daughter and just enjoy every moment, really. Um, I did a lot of research going into our pregnancy. I spent probably, <laughs> I spent about maybe four years basically planning, taking notes and just observing other parents around us and just how they interact with each other when it comes to communication, their marriage, um, how certain women eat. Um, what has affected them, not just nutrition wise, but just stress and just so much more. I really took note and was conscious of all that going into our pregnancy. So when we became pregnant, it was just like a light bulb went off and I was just re ready to go. I pulled up my list of resources and so much more listening to you guys' podcast. And I got so much inspiration and, and it really did help me just kind of get through my journey overall, even during the pandemic. Um, and I'll tell anybody firsthand that honestly, my pregnancy was easy and I like being pregnant during the pandemic. 
like nobody could touch me. I was by my, I was to myself. <laughs> I, was, I was in a clean environment. I was in like my own little bubble and I keep myself busy because I am a graphic designer. We do have several businesses and, you know, me and my husband, it wasn't a bird. I wasn't a burden on him. At least I don't think so. Was I? No. Feel free to. to, to <laughs> No yeah, it was it was just very easy. And I really did enjoy um, my pregnancy. I made it what I wanted it, uh, basically. Um, so that that's right about it. Um, I'm trying to think there was something else I was going to say, but it's it's leaving me now. <laughs> if it comes back, yeah. we'll take it. Um, no, I think something that um, comes up like during pregnancy is I do think like, yeah, it's this... Um, thing that's happening to the birthing person, right? But I think that there's also this expectation that we're supposed to share that with everyone um, and that we are like owed to for everyone to share in that experience. And sometimes you need the quiet. You need the space to be within that own experience. So I love that you were like cognitive of that and was like, I want this, I want to focus in on this. Right. right. Um, and especially as like your job is one that um, requires you to share so much. Um, right. So being able to like really have that for you all, um, I can see how that was like beautiful and, and good um, oh, yeah. during this COVID time. <laughs> it really was. And I and I found a lot of women through different groups on um, like some of the apps that I had joined. They really did struggle, you know, whether they just didn't have a good support system or, you know, maybe they had an unexpected pregnancy and just everything's just rattling around in their mind. I've seen a lot of women struggle and I was really determined to try my best to control my controllables and make our pregnancy the best that I could make it. I knew certain things were out of my control and that was fine. But leading up to, um, through my entire birth journey, leading up to the point of me giving birth, I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I do enjoy this experience. It's amazing. It's amazing how the minute you get married or just certain things happen in your life, um, like getting engaged, people automatically jump to, oh, so when are you having children? And I'm the first one to, I'm telling you right now, when we first got engaged and even when we were dating, people kept asking, when are we having kids? And I'm thinking, well, can we just enjoy our time together first? And I'm thinking, how about I have children when we want to, not when you want us to. Let, let's let's just try that. And so my response to everyone, which most people thought I didn't want children, was we don't want kids. And it would immediately shut everybody up. They wouldn't ask any more questions. And it was great. I was laughing inside. So the minute that I dropped the bomb of, oh, hey, we've been pregnant this whole time. And now... <laughs> It's the baby. People were like, what? Only a select few people actually knew about our birth journey and just our entire experience. So um, I'm excited to just, you know, continue sharing our story here with you guys. (laughs) Right. It ain't none of your business. I'll let you know when I let you know. (laughs) Yes. Leave me alone. (laughs) So you had done all this research. Um, and I, I love how you said you you spent time with other people and their families and was very um, like mindful and, and kind of used that as a way to absorb what you wanted for your experience. What else type of prep work did you all do for your birth? Um, other prep work was definitely the nutrition aspect. Again, I'm a food 
blogger. I love food. I eat just about everything. It's a small list of things that I do not eat. Um, but I noticed that a lot of people that friends of mine that were pregnant would say, oh, well, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. You can't get in a hot tub. But I'm thinking, well, my hot tub is temperature controlled. Let me ask a, a medical professional. And they're like, no, you can get inside the hot tub. It just can't reach this degree. And I'm like, okay. So pretty much I learned not to listen to what other people were saying, like make it my own and do the research. That's so important. And I found so many people still don't do the research and understand what is all accessible to you, what all you are able to do. And thankfully I had an easy journey, but just researching certain things about food, like my husband, he's a microgreen farmer. We grow our own vegetables. We have like what, about eight, nine garden, garden beds? How many is it? Four greenhouses and nine garden beds. Yes. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I, I had such peace of mind walking out into my garden on the days that it was really nice out and just harvesting vegetables, listening to music with my daughter while I carried my daughter. And I was able to eat pretty much almost any, anything I wanted, including sushi. Some people are like, oh, you can't eat sushi. No, 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 no. Let's dig a little deeper. Let's again, do that research. I'm sounding very repetitive here. Let's do that research and understand what kind of sushi can you eat? I know I can't eat raw fish, but I can eat lobster, crab, shrimp, which is illegal to serve raw in the United States. I think it's even a law of illegal in other countries as well. So it's not bad. Long as it's long as you deep fry that bitch, I think it's gonna be just fine. <laughs> and my husband makes me he was making my sushi for me. While he's allergic to shellfish, we would have um imitation crab. And what's the other thing I'm thinking of? Um, smoked salmon. And I would deep fry it. And it was so freaking good. I loved it. So even if I went to restaurants, you know, even during the pandemic, if I was able to eat outside, I would say, hey, can I make my own roll? And this is what I want in it. And I was like, you know, that took the fear away. It, it helped me take the power back and say, no, again, this is my journey. This is what I want. I'm going to get it. And I'm going to enjoy it. I didn't have any... Um, what am I thinking of? Any uh, cravings, which is very strange. I had no cravings. I We ate everything, literally. Um, so yeah, I did the nutrition research. Um, I hired a doula and we also had a midwife that we had, uh, had hired at the time. And she was really great. Um, again, just having those resources. Um, we actually went through Mine RT Doula Company here in Charlotte and um, they were fantastic. Um, we absolutely loved our duo. There's certain things I didn't agree with her on, but overall, I will say my experience was phenomenal with her. She really helped us along um, our birth journey and helped us to understand and to take away a lot of that fear that I was having, um, especially with you know, the whole issue with black women dying, giving birth. That was a big concern that I had. Um, one thing that I did do during my pregnancy just to prepare for it was I wrote letters to my daughter. So the minute we found out uh, the gender, I started writing a letter for every week. Every week that I would, you know, it was a different week that I progressed. I would put photographs in there of, um, of like, you know, my husband and my father working on her nursery. There's photos in there, um, photos of our family members that some of them who had passed last year. Um, even just things, anything I was going through, reasons why I wrote these letters. 
And so one day she will be able to read them. And um, I don't want to tear up thinking about it, but I still write letters to her. Ever since she's been born, I've been writing a letter every single month just so she has something. And I got this idea from Kobe Bryant because he wrote Vanessa a series of letters before he had passed. And she just, I don't know how many letters there were, but I know I have a, a complete stack for my daughter. And it's, you know, it's, I'm glad. I'm so glad that I did that. Um, it also helped me just to kind of work through any stress that I may have had about, or just any, any anxiety, which I had very little. It was just, you know, little things you kind of fixate on, but just writing these letters really helped me to kind of channel that energy and to not let my inner saboteur get the best of me and just write let my daughter know what I'm going through, what this journey has been like, what was her doctor's appointment like with the checkups and everything. So it, it really did help. I'm absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Like, it's just, it's such a, a wonderful thing to be able to, to, I think a wonderful gift to give our children something like that, something that whether we're here still in the presence or whenever we do um, leave this earth, something that they have that like our way of talking to them, continuously ha- being able to have conversation with us and hear us and feel us and feel us present with them. Um, and, you know, I'm birth pregnancy nerd junkie. Like I love it all. So like her just being able to know her story, right. Oh, yes. Um, I'm also like, can I want to come over to the gardens? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, yes. (laughs) You you have to see, you have to come over. You have to see our garden. It's amazing. And the microgreens are amazing. Yes. So, Joshua, was there anything that you were doing specifically to, I know definitely supporting Shay, but like anything else you were doing specifically to prepare for birth? And especially like, you know, with a home birth, it does take a bit, um, I think, a different type of preparation for. I guess just uh, learning all the different exercises that the doula taught us and uh, just having positive thoughts, you know. Yeah, just, just, you know, women have been having children for thousands of years, just trying to ensure her that, you know, especially black women have been having children, you know, with the original people. So. I wasn't concerned about any of that. So Joshua was I'm, like, you I'm got pretty this. optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I yeah, love he's, that. He's very optimistic then. Um and and I definitely appreciate him. I, and I also wrote Joshua letters during my pregnancy. Um I wrote how much I just appreciated him having my back, being a shoulder to cry on for to listen to me, you know. Uh, getting me anything and everything that I needed for this birth journey. Um, like you said, we were planning to have a home birth, a water birth even, and you know, things went went complete south. But, you know, he was there just standing strong through all of it, all of it. And he was, he was and still is an excellent um, partner, an excellent husband, just friend, just everything. He's wonderful. About to cry over here. <laughs> no, that's so that's so good to have. Um, such a good thing to have. Walk us through your birth. Um, my birth was where, where do I begin with that? Um, as I've mentioned before, we did hire uh, a doula who was amazing. 
And, you know, we, I remember going to the doctor and they told me that I had um, group strep B. Is that, yeah, group strep B. And um, I just didn't quite understand what that meant. I recall talking to my doctor and, not my doctor, excuse me, my doula and our midwife that we had hired about what that is exactly. Um, apparently, this is something that's very common in a lot of African American women. Um, also, the v- VBSG, v- how do you say it? VB, VS, God, how do you say it? V, VBS? Yes. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> I had to think about which acronyms is she trying? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yes, that. Um, so I found out that that's something that I had and I would need antibiotics going into the hospital. So we go through this whole journey of getting checkups with the, the midwife and the doula and everything. And all of a sudden, okay, we have to get rid of the midwife, which broke my heart because I had developed a connection with her, um, which by the way, she was not, she wasn't black. I know that's the question that a lot of people ask me was, was your entire birth team black? No, they were not. Um, I actually tried to work with a black doctor and my experience was horrible. And the saying goes, all black folks are not chicken folks. And that is the truth. And I'm not opposed to it. It's just this in particular doctor, we didn't have that connection. But just so happened, um, the midwife we had hired, she she was white, but she was excellent. She was very aware of my concerns. I, she was very detail oriented um, and she was fantastic, but we did have to let her go just because we had to go into the um, hospital. She couldn't administer any IVs. And that's something we understood, but thankfully we had enough time to say, okay, you know what, we're, this is the, dur- the journey we're, we're going to have to take now. Um, I went into labor at like maybe 6 a.m. And I remember texting my doula saying, hey, you know, I think something's happening. She's like, oh, no, you got more time. I'm thinking, no, something doesn't seem right. And she had just came, what, like a week beforehand, honey, to like yeah. do the birth um, what do you call it? The training, the techniques. We did like birthing techniques. Yeah. And I want to say like within that next week, I carried my daughter full term. Um, all of a sudden, whoop, I'm like, okay, something's not right. And again, this is my first time experience on all this and no one prepares you for that exactly. You can watch all the birth videos you want. Just being in it is totally different. So um, I knew that during the pandemic, my doula could not come into the hospital the hospital basically said, okay, you can only have one support person, which was of course going to be my husband. And, but she could come to the hospital parking lot and, you know, labor with me there. That did not even happen. So I went, <laughs> I went into labor at 6 a.m., got to the hospital by noon, and she stayed on the phone with us talking to me. She told me you should eat, try to rest, honey, that was not going to happen. <laughs> I was like, nope get to the hospital. They told me I was uh, four centimeters dilated. Uh, do I want the epidural? I said, no. And this is where the birth plan comes into play. Um, I said, okay, well, I, I want to at least try to do it naturally. I ended up getting an epidural. That's fine. I don't feel like less of a, a woman. <laughs> so I got that. And um, let's see what else happened. Oh, once I got the epidural, my um, I, I spiked a fever, and then my daughter's heart rate was dropping, and so they were like, "Okay, we're gonna break your water because you may be leaking meconium, or she may be there may be meconium inside you." So, 
um, once they broke my water, you know, all the yucky stuff came out. And that's when it was pretty much go time. Um, they said, well, okay, we're having some concerns about the baby's health and, you know, you could wait and try to deliver naturally. And by now, by then it's like maybe six, seven o'clock at night when all this is going on. And so they tell me, all right, we have some concerns. Um, you could try to deliver naturally, but we're, we just, we don't know how that's going to look. And so my husband's sitting there and we, I'm already on defense mode because I'm thinking, you're not going to tell me what to do, this and that, which they never did. They gave us all the facts up front, told us what the pros and cons are for any avenue we went down. And we ended up ultimately getting a scheduled C-section. I guess you can call it a scheduled C-section. Um, and we were concerned that the baby was going to be nicked, you know, during the surgery, which is very common. That happened to me when I was born, but you can't even see the scar on my face, honestly. So, um, went into the surgery, everything went beautiful. I was scared as all get out. Cause again, there's a lot of black women who do not, do not make it on the other side of that type of a surgery. And I was scared. I was scared out of my mind. And I talked to my husband and I said, are you sure you, that we should do this? He's like, yeah, I think we should. And if you're comfortable with it, okay. And we discussed it, we talked about it, um, went in, everything went very well. Um, but I knew that if anything did happen, I've done everything I could up until this point for my daughter to know how much I love her, what this journey has been like. We have everything in place. I even wrote out an email to my husband that was scheduled to send to him if I did not update it. So if I do not update that email like this month, it's automatically going to send to him and it has everything written out that I want as far as um, our, uh, for like, it's basically like a will that I have, like, you know. So um, yeah, but we had the C-section. Um, she was, she popped out, pooped twice, healthy as can be. Surprisingly, she was five pounds even, which I did not think she was gonna be five pounds. The doctors anticipated she would be like seven, eight pounds and I brought, one preemie outfit to the hospital. Something told me, pack one preemie outfit. And that's the only thing that fit her. <laughs> but she was healthy. She was fine. And everyone at the um, Novant, Novant Presbyterian Main Hospital was wonderful. Excellent. Everybody. just Even the janitors that came in to clean the room, they were excellent. Everybody. And I'm just, I'm so thankful. Um, You know, I, I this navigating pregnant or birth during a pandemic and just imagining like as a doula having to support families in a parking lot like <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> I mean yeah we'll make it work but what um but I'm just you know like you said thinking about the point where there was a decision like your birth plan shifted right we do people all the time birth plans are just in case, but we all know we are not in control with birth. That's right. <laughs> so That's just right. making decisions that fit the moment because we don't know what it's going to look like in that moment. Um, right. So yes, yeah. I need pain relief. Let me get that pain relief. Um, and then even thinking about when it did have to shift uh, to a C-section, you, you know, really being like, I need to know everything. Like, you're not going to just come in here and say, this is what we're doing. Like, pros and cons. Let's tell me everything so that, you know, me and my husband can make a decision that feels good for us. Um, yeah. We hear you, but we still want to make sure this decision makes sense for us. Of um, course. Yeah. I agree. It's like, 
and that's the thing is um, a lot of people don't communicate certain things um, to their healthcare professionals and or they don't have a doula to help communicate certain things to them, anybody to advocate for them. And I definitely advise any listeners to consider having a doula. You know, you don't have, some people think it's way too expensive. You don't have to pay everything up front. You know, a lot of times, I mean, every, most of the doula companies I reached out to, each and every single one of them had a payment system set up. You could pay up front, which we did, but they did have, they did offer for you to pay, um, do installments, which is even more convenient. So you do have options. Definitely talk to these people so you can have the best journey possible. And I told, my husband knows this, I, I said, I have no expectations when it comes to this pregnancy. If things go one way, okay. If they don't, all right. You know, I'm not opposed to medicine. I'm not opposed to doing it naturally. We wanted a home birth. We really did just to be safe, not even just because of the pandemic, but just, you know, we know there are certain things in the hospital that go wrong. One of our good friends, she has the same um, health insurance as us. And there's an issue apparently between Novant and this particular health insurance company, like something with the anesthesiologists or whatever, where the basically the finance, the finance part of the, of the uh, epidural the anesthesia is being left on the patient to pay the full amount. Yeah. So it's, it's so strange, but you know, just um, again, doing that research and just understanding your options, um, not being afraid to say no to your doctors. That's something that I had to do. I, I've had the nurse, certain nurses in the um, the primary care office, you know, the nurse is like, okay, well, take your pants off. We're about to check you, see if you're, di if you're how dilated you are. And I'm like, no, how about asking me? And by the way, she was black. Probably the nastiest heifer I've ever come across, by the way. I did not like that woman at all. She made a comment about having little girls, which made me, I'm not even going to get all episodic about that. But she made a comment about little girls. And after that, I wrote her off. I even I even um, recorded all of my doctor's appointments just to make sure I did not miss anything. Like nothing was being misconstrued. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. We're having a whole conversation. But truths that need to be told, like like you said, you know, we we look we look for care providers. We look for a community that looks like us, right? That that's what we want. That's what we're, um, we know, we know what is said about being able to have that experience. However, not all of us are built from the same quilt. Nope. And so there will be times where we have to make a decision like, yeah, this isn't going to align. This isn't going to match. I need to look elsewhere. Um, I agree. So, Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how, you know, we say postpartum is forever. So how is postpartum for you right now? How has postpartum been? Um, honestly, it's been good. <laughs> to my surprise, I did, I'm telling you, I did not, ex I expected so just a completely different experience, but things have been going really good. Um, in the beginning, it was a bit of a struggle because I'm so used to being independent and doing things myself. So I really had to learn how to lean on my husband and ask for help. Um, he's offering to make me breakfast and everything. You know, we talked about these things prior to, but it didn't register until later on that you do have help. Your husband is right here with you. Um, 
having family around was not really an option because um, at the time we found out that my father had had COVID and he would have been the first one up here after my daughter was born. Um, but just so happened at the time of her birth, my husband basically said, you know what, let's go ahead and not have anybody around for a little while just because, you know, it's a lot going on. And, you know, it crushed me a little bit, but I knew that we could do this. Ardula, she, if she needed to come by, you know, during the postpartum period, she could. Um, but it was honestly, I don't feel like I was really stressed per se. Um, I really just had to understand how to, again, lean on my, my support person and understand that he's here to help me with whatever it is that I need. And I'm here to, to be here for him. Um, but, you know, honestly, it's been going really good. I don't feel like the depression part has hit me yet that everyone says is going to. It has not hit me. I have my good days and bad days like any other mother out there where, you know what, I'm just a little tired or I'm just a little cranky because I didn't eat much today. But it, it's not a consistent thing that happens for days on end, maybe because I am busy. And with me doing food and lifestyle blogging, also the whole graphic design thing and helping my husband with our businesses, maybe that's what helps keep me busy, keep my mind busy. And I'm, you, I'm always happy. You know, I'm never angry. If he hears me get up in the middle of the night and I'm struggling, by all means, he's going to step in and say, okay, babe, you go to sleep. I got, I got her. Don't worry about it. But by, by this point, let's see, by month two, she was sleeping for a full seven hours, seven, eight hours, even longer. So, so it was like, okay, this, is this normal? Okay. It is normal. All right. Well, that's great. So now I, we can get more sleep, but it's been really good. Honestly. Um, I did a lot of preparation with, um, food. Well, not a whole lot. I did just enough. Oh, that's another thing. I advise any new and expecting moms to get gift cards, gift cards. So you don't have to cook one single thing thing. Oh my goodness. I only had a few, but I wish I would have stacked up and had more just so I wouldn't have had to cook anything or my husband didn't have to cook anything. Cause I had certain things prepped in the freezer and, you know, he would probably go out and grab dinner or cook me a little something. And he's definitely, again, he's a software developer. So he's like solves problems every day. He plans his meals out every single day. Me, I'm not like that. He said to me one day, Oh, honey, what do you want for breakfast? And I cried. He said, why are you crying? What do you mean? What, what, why do you not know what you want to eat? I said, I just don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> but we've been doing our best. Um, I, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better with communicating with him because I, I found myself not listening. And I feel like I'm doing much better now as far as being a better wife and, and a better mother. And it's only been just a few months and I'm not trying to force myself. It's just something that I'm mentally aware of. He's aware of certain things that can happen and that has happened to other women during the postpartum period. But um, I, I can't complain, honestly. I, it's, it's going really well. It's that open communication. I think that yeah. that's definitely, especially in those early weeks, um, that can kind of just go a little south sometimes because everybody's tired. <laughs> everybody's hungry. You're, this is a huge transition. I mean, especially for, you know, families who have had surgical births, that's a very large like healing process. So yes. being able to communicate, like, I'm not saying that's out of anger. I'm just tired, but I 
Like, <laughs> how can we communicate? But knowing, like, you know, Joshua, you being able to recognize, okay, she needs some help. Let me like go in and, and support her a little bit better. Or you, Shay, being able to even say, like, I definitely need some support. It's really um when when couples or partners or support people are able to like tune in that way, um, mm-hmm. it can make the whole um experience feel lighter, you know. I, like you said, you have your days, but being able to communicate with each other is really, really important. So I agree. And Again, I, I keep having to say the same things over and over again. I, I tell my certain friends of mine who are like, what's your birth journey? Like I tell them that communication piece is so important. I've noticed through my four year journey of just watching and observing others around me, I've noticed um, the lack of communication, uh, whether that was their options of how they're going to conceive and get pregnant, um, and just, you know, I've seen people go through divorces and so much more. And I said, okay, I see what's happening. I'm not one to comment on someone else's marriage, but it's something I'm aware of. And I see what people are going through in their birth experiences where that communication is lacking. And it's a serious issue. And I feel like just that it's, you got to talk it out. You know, it's great to have counseling and whatnot, um, teach their own, but we've never done that before we're so good at talking to each other and understanding what the other person needs and just to make it through. This is our first time. So, yeah. Um, Having children, period, birth, adoption, however your, your, your route, um, your journey is, it changes you. Um, Children change you. (laughs) (laughs) Birth changes you. You are evolving into new people. So being able to meet um, each other in this new, this new phase, this new journey um, with openness is so important. It's so important. Yes. Um, Well, we are so thankful for you sharing. Is there anything else from your birth, your, um, your work, your postpartum, just anything else, any advice that you would want to leave listeners with? Um, only thing I could really say is, you know, if for all the new and expecting parents out there, even the ones who are just planning, really, if you have the opportunity, take time and do your research and understand how to make your birth journey your own. Um, because this can be the most, this is, it's not can be, it is the most rewarding experience ever. Um, no matter what comes your way. Um, but definitely doing that research, um, understanding uh, what's out there and accessible to you because it's, you know, it can be very scary. It really can. And um, to all the, po- the all the plus size moms out there, just know that you can definitely do this. Um, there is no weight limit when it comes to being pregnant. You know, you don't have to be a stick just to, just to conceive. Um, that's something I was really concerned about, but yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much basically it doing that research and letting all the moms, all the pandemic moms out there know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely join those support groups. So that way you don't feel so alone. Um, I never felt that way, but it was nice to be a part of certain groups. And even now there's a lot of women I meet up with today at the park and we, hang out, we chat, you know, there's a lot of people who need support. So even if you, your journey is going well in parenting and, you know, 
you, um, even if your journey is going well, um, just know that there is someone out there who can use some of that positive energy that you are exuding. So, um, yeah, that's that's about it. Any advice you can think of? Um, I would just say definitely, uh, you know, think about how how you want you know the scheduling to go because you know after the baby's here, you know, childcare was kind of impossible for some people, and if, you know, your job may not want you tended to a child. You know, not everybody can work from home or run their own business. And I know childcare can be very expensive, almost as much as rent sometimes. So think about, you know, all of these things before you have a child or however you're going to make it happen. So mm-hmm. postpartum planning is just as par- important as birth planning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is just as important. Um, oh, yeah. So thank you both for that. Thank you so much for sharing today. Um, we really, really appreciate it. No, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. To Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 